Friends, let's stand firm for traditional values in a world gone woke. Hey, y'all, this is Misty Phillip of the By His Grace podcast. And today, three amazing podcasts come together. The By His Grace podcast, Spark Influence, and the Pantry podcast for a discussion on biblical marriage and raising families in a world gone woke. You do not want to miss this episode with Shay and Michelle Watson of the Pantry podcast, along with myself and my husband, Peter Phillips. So enjoy. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Well, welcome back to the double episode of the By His Grace podcast meets Spark Influence and what's up with the Watsons from the Pantry podcast. Yes, we have been talking about last week, we talked about the family, the attack on culture, the order of family, the way that God ordered it so much more. It's been such a rich conversation that we wanted to continue that conversation into this this week cuz i think we got a lot to share on on this so we we left off and and uh Shay was talking about the responsibility of the husband and um i think peter you were going to say something well yeah the, if you haven't listened you need to go back cuz that last 10 minutes was just gold so you need to hear everything that was dropped so michelle you said something interesting talking about raising children and this concept came into my head we do have a really short amount of time, you know, uh, with with kids, and they change really, really quickly. So, the zero to two is a time frame. The two to four is a time frame. Four to eight is another time frame. Eight to twelve, and then they kind of move in sections. And I thought about this: Would you accept an apprenticeship to a job where you were not actually taught anything? You were just told to shut up, go to bed pay attention, don't listen, <laughs> go away, don't bother me. And at the end of that apprenticeship, they're like, okay, go do your job. Like, wait, what? You didn't tell me anything. I don't, what am I doing? Raising kids is like that. It's an apprenticeship, right? And they're, they're there to learn, Amen. to be enriched, to gain skills yes. and to gain knowledge and to gain abilities. And if we don't teach them and train them in the most foundational abilities, which come from the Bible, absolutely, mm-hmm. uh, outside of learning to add and write a sentence. Like if we don't apprentice them in that way, why are we surprised when all of a sudden they're an adult who can't do anything and has no capabilities and just walks away from, walks away from their religion, right? And, and that concept is really lost because the, the way children are viewed a lot of times and the way they're, you know, some see them as a burden, right? And they're just something to be suffered mm. until they leave, right? And, and, you know, I hear people in, right. in, in the business world talking about, I can't wait till I'm an empty nester. Like, I can't wait till my kids leave. I'm like, why did you why, why did you have kids in the first place? Like, they're, Why did you have them? They, yeah, this is, this so is an amazing opportunity, <laughs> right? This, and, 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 to, to, and it's a two-way apprenticeship because 
they teach us many, many things, least of oh, which is wow, like yeah. patience mm-hmm. and understanding, yes. but kindness and pure love and the things that we see. And we're just like, wow, like if the world could be like a six-year-old, then, you know, that things would be very different. Maybe not a 12-year-old because that's a whole mm. different ball game. That's the, that's, the, <laughs> desert, that's the desert usually. But that two-way apprenticeship, right, is a, is a, is a thing I think we, that concept I don't see as much. And we don't mm, absolutely so don't good. look at it that way. Yeah, that is good. And a couple of things that I thought are one, teach your children in the way they should go. And when they are old, they don't depart. That means that you need to be talking to them about the things of God when you get up in the morning, when you walk throughout the day and at night. That means that you need as a parent, we need to be in the word so that we can teach our children truth. And it's, it's not just about teaching them skills, but teaching them that we do have an enemy and that the word of God is our weapon against the enemy. So they need to know the word. We talked about on the last episode about the kids need critical thinking. And I agree with that completely. But, you know, since we're on the other side of this and we did all the quote unquote right things with our kids, we still saw um, an enemy attack in the side door that you just don't see coming because he finds that little chink in the armor. And so even if you do things, you know, to the best of your ability, we live in a fallen world. And so it's important to just to do the best that we can and seek God for his wisdom and be in the word and put the word in our kids. No, I, I, I like that because it's kind of funny as I'm sitting here prepping for this, like, at, you know, right at the beginning, I, I, I find statistics. Now, I walked away from statistics a long time ago because I'm like, <laughs> I could beat people down with statistics. But what you're saying is absolutely correct because when you start looking at some of these statistics, so when I look this up, it's when both parents attend Bible study in addition to the Sunday service, 72% of their children attend Sunday school when grown. When only the father attends Sunday school, 55% of the children attend when grown. When only the mother attends Sunday school, 15% of the children attend when grown. When no one in the family goes to church or any of that stuff attends Bible study, actually, is what they're saying only six percent so that kind of speaks to that you know you're on the other side you've done it right you've done everything but hey we trust god right we believe in god but while we're doing it for the parents who are still not when the parents aren't on the other side of it you're right we have to raise them up in the way that they should go so that watch this later they'll come back that is always that like beautiful message of what you just said. It's like, so later, when, when's later? Okay, well, I hope, <laughs> you know, that it's coming. And I know that my parents prayed for me like nonstop, my mom, my grandmother, my mother. And then finally at 41 years old, I'm like, okay, here I am, Lord. <laughs> but you know what? They kept praying. They kept investing discipleship. So we're looking at apprenticeship. So discipleship, but here's another word. If I had one of those buttons, wah, 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 because people don't like that word either. But if we think of discipleship as investment, Mm -hmm. see, I like Peter. Peter, I love what you said, because you know what? I'm not God. I'm not God. I am not God. I'm going to say this 10 times. I'm not God because I'm about to say something. (laughs) But when you're a father and you have a child, a lot of the analogies throughout the Bible of father to child, God to us, start to make more sense especially if you're giving the grace, the love, the mercy that, that, that you're supposed to give to your child. And, and, and the struggle that's in that, like sometimes you just want to, ah, and you're like, okay, let's approach this the way God would approach this with a lot of mercy, a lot of grace and a lot of love. Exactly. Right. You know, that talking about train them up and they will come back. It's kind of like 
you know the the break glass in case of emergency break glass and pull out the axe or the fire extinguisher yeah. or whatever it is you're giving them a break glass scenario so that they may mm. drift and they may wander away but something's going to transpire in their life and they're going to be like mm-hmm. okay i need something bigger than me to sort all this out i'm going to break glass and mm-hmm. head back and maybe that's a bible behind that glass and they're going to break glass and pull that bible out and be like what am i going to do here how am i going to fix this and but they have that foundation in them whether it's latent or not whether they've drifted far afield you're giving them and I'll stop with the every analogy possible, but you're giving them a compass to find their way back, right? You're giving them directions. They're going to figure right. out how to come back because they're going to turn to the Lord, right? And that's the ultimate navigator. Yeah. Well, I like that. Break we've, the glass, I broke it. Right. <laughs> we've been working with our daughter. You know, I yeah, I did too. I didn't have much to go off of, right? Because my parents could not agree on where Catholic and Protestant, you know. Stand. And so yeah, there were little baby Bibles in the house and that's that's that, right? But I still found my way home at the end of it. And we wanted to arm our daughter with more. And some of the very practical ways that we've done it is we bring her along for as many ministry rides as possible. Sometimes it's not a good fit, depending on what topics are going to be discussed or what time it is. But we bring her along and let her see what's transpiring. We invite people into our life, which is a key practice of discipleship, where, you know, it's not like you're making extra appointments to go meet with people in your in your church community but instead you're saying hey i'm going to the grocery store you want to go grocery shopping together or hey we're having dinner you want to come hey we're going to go see the cherry blossoms you want to come and just trying to bring people into the plans we already have which allows her to be exposed to other people that walk out this relationship with lord differently but still consistently with scripture as much as they can And the other day, the Gospel Coalition had a debate, I'll call it a debate, between Jonathan Pennington and Jen Wilkin, and they were going back and forth on homeschool versus public school, and they both were very staunchly on one side or the other. And I'm here, I definitely disagreed with like public school is a great service for your kids. However, whatever you decide for your kids, what time you do have is very precious because of this discipleship, this ability to bring them in and let them see, apologize to them when you do something ungodly. Let them see you working out struggles through prayer. When you are talking to your kids, you know, no matter how old they are, they're never too young to hear the praises when God has answered a prayer in your life or in someone else's life. Kalia has grown up hearing us talk about when prayers are answered. She's the only child that comes to prayer night. And we made that decision because she started asking to go, probably because she just missed mommy and daddy. But now she submits her own prayers. And half of her learning, you talked about like learning to write in grammatical structure. She's learning that through the Bible and by learning to write her prayers down and, and things like that. So it's, it's amazing when you're like, no, we're going to inject the Bible, not just legalistically, but we're going to inject God and God's word and his character in every little crevice we can to help her see he's not a slice of the pie. He's the pie, right? And everything we do is just an, an additional component influenced by him so that she can really see. And then when she goes out and we go out to DC, and there's people living life different, right? Because we're five minutes away from four city centers. She sees it and she's looking with a lens of godliness that a three-year-old can muster. 
and we're not having to veil her eyes or pretend it's not there or demonize anyone because we're focusing on the godliness aspect Mm -hmm. and not the what not to do aspect. Can I throw in a cute moment? Yes. It is awesome to stand up on a Thursday night prayer. And you're up there praying, and then all of a sudden, your little your little daughter walks up with her little prayer list that <laughs> she wanted to put out. Not 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 mommy, not mommy forcing it. Nope. Now, now mommy helps her spell it, and she actually writes it out. But she wants to pray, and she brings that up, and I'm just like, <gasps> but that's a proud daddy moment because mm-hmm. watch, that's not a religious moment. That's a little girl who has people on her heart because mommy is showing her community. Mommy is going over to the breakfast with her little, with her girlfriends and having conversations around them, not horror, you know, not super, you know, deep, and whatever, like, <laughs> yeah. but like some of them are tough conversations that Kalia is over there right. scribbling on her little coloring book and listening to. And she gets to hear grown women talk about problems and how they're putting the Bible to these problems. And so it's amazing to watch her come into this relationship and into this community and want the same thing. Absolutely. And I love what you said, Michelle, about investing in your children regardless of the time. So not everybody has the ability to stay home and homeschool their kids. And I didn't see that debate, but having homeschooled my kids all the way through, I think that we were able to give them the best possible education and we protected them from a lot of the craziness of the world and Mm -hmm. the agenda that is trying to destroy the family. So I am very thankful for that. My boys are grown and my 21 and 29 year old are best friends. And you know, you can't Mm -hmm. get anything better than that, I think. But if you have a little bit of time, one of the things that Peter was really Mm -hmm. big about, we lived our life very similar to the way you do. He said, "I, I don't go to work all week to come to church to send my family off in different directions. I want us to be together. Mm -hmm. I want us to experience together. We pray together. We read the word together. We take communion together. We do all of the Mm -hmm. spiritual disciplines. We pray together. And when you do that, that really strengthens your family bond. And so don't just send your kids off and think, well, somebody else is going to teach them. We're the ones who are responsible Mm. for that. And so if we have a little bit of time or a lot of time, we do have a finite Mm -hmm. amount of time. But even when they're grown, we can still speak wisdom and truth into their life because they're hearing craziness from others. Yes. I'm going to say something probably pretty controversial. So, buckle up, you Peter. Yeah. No <laughs> so I listened. I listened. I listened to this, and I love this conversation. And thank y'all so much for coming on the podcast. But I hear, I hear myself saying it, and I hear you saying it as well. A lot of times we're talking about these topics and subjects, and then we want to really quickly quantify, like it's okay. We're making mm-hmm. excuses, right? And, and we're saying it's okay if it's not like this, or we're okay if you can't do this, and we're okay. Some of these things, and I'm not saying all of it, but some of these things, there is no other way, and there is no excuse, mm-hmm. right? And we've become mm-hmm. a society that wants to be so accommodating and so excuse-driven that we're allowing for mm-hmm. things not to be done and not to be taught and not to be enforced, mm-hmm. that we do a disservice to ourselves and to our children. Because some things are not okay, and some things are not should not happen, and a lot of it right. goes around that structure. And 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 yes, there are circumstances, and yes, things are hard. But you know what? Since for several thousand years now, things have been hard. Like it, it, it's always been hard, right. and it's always been an, an option. You can go away, or you cannot go a certain way. 
and I want to, I feel like it's been on my mind kind of a bit lately that we just say, well, you know, that's, let's just accommodate that. Like, no, that's God said this, like, this is what he said, how you interpret it that you could maybe trade, slice it up five different ways, but not everything is okay. And not everything should right. be accommodated. There's some things we really need to draw the line in the sand about. And I know I'm speaking mm-hmm. in broad generalities without nailing down a certain thing, but I don't you mean to, like drag queen story hour or, or picture books of people having sex in children's libraries. Like these things right. are right. terrible. They're and not okay. They're right. not okay. And you can't they're just send okay. your kids to school and think they're being taught, you know, the ABCs and the one, two, threes, because they're being taught all kinds of other things. And it is our job as parents to protect our children. The, the, the state mm-hmm. does not have your children's interest at heart. Children are a commodity mm-hmm. to public schools. They make a dollar figure per student every day you come. That's why they drive attendance. That's why they're so adamant that you're there and sitting in a seat. Mm-hmm. So to think that they're not a I'm commodity so, is a mistake. And the state has said, nah, you're, you don't know best for your kid as a parent. You don't. And that that's just that's, that's absolute insanity that you would – try to remove that yet we're the ones who will stand before god for what we have done with our yes. our treasure so right. yeah i'm, I'm not, so glad I'm you said that beat that down too much but it, the broader topic of what we've been talking about it all goes to that right like if we are it, it's the apprenticeship like we, we're going to let someone else apprentice our children and then we get surprised by what happens to them and where they go and what they become like no i'm sorry you were trained eight hours a day by someone else. And then I see you for two hours a night and you got homework, you go to bed and then I don't see you and you leave the next day. What do you think is going to happen? How do you think that kid's going to become without a really Herculean effort to pour into them and to, to really quantify your time with them as something super special that needs to be compressed into really relevant and important lessons. That's really hard to do. And so, uh, I I like that because you said, you said, you said Herculean because <laughs> I had because we, we go back to an episode. We had Sam Sorba. So Kevin Sorba, Herculean. Oh, Anyways, my man. <laughs> kind, of, kind of played in. I right? like guy. So Sam Sorba, we had her on the show. And one of the things that really hit home for, for me and really challenged me in my thinking was she was like, OK, here's the deal. I understand, you know, is she saying the similar thing? She's saying a similar thing. Well, you know, the people, parents are like, well, you know, we got to do this. We got this. And she's like, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I, I got one question to ask parents that think that way. Would you rather sacrifice yourself or sacrifice your child by putting them in public school? And I had to think about that. I'm like, whoa, because because we have a, a beautiful lady in our church, right? Single mom does it on her own. But she homeschools her daughter, okay? And what does she do? I don't think she sleeps much. I really don't think she <laughs> probably sleeps probably, much. Probably not, probably yeah. not, Because, yeah, right, because she's doing night shift to pay the bills so that she can educate her child in the morning. And that is a perfect example of a person who sits there and says, I am, I, no, no, I am going to be the one who is going to groom and, and, and love on my child and show my child how they should live, right? They're trying to put it on us. We're not trying. I'm not trying to really throw it on them. I'm like, okay, I'm not forcing your child to do this. You know, if you get to schools and you're like, oh, Christians, we need to pray in school. Well, no, not if there's a Muslim kid in school. I'm sorry. I shouldn't force a Muslim kid to pray. So that's my beliefs. I'm like, I should not be involved in that child's upbringing. That's between him and his parents. But 
that sacrificial thing. Am I going to sacrifice my child to Satan, basically? Mm-hmm. And I say no. And you know what? Our friend says no, and she's making it work. I think that's one thing. I'm so glad you said that because you're right. Every There's so many people. I'm not going to say everyone. Some people have matured enough that they don't need it. But so many people are waiting to hear someone acknowledge their exact circumstance before they're willing to listen to godly advice. Mm. And excuses. We just did a, we just recorded an episode on yeah, but, and how dangerous and unfruitful that is to give that to God and instead say, but God, because Mm. God can provide. And if he has a will for your life, a plan for your life, which he does, then he will provide absolutely everything needed. Will it make everything smell great, feel great and be easy? Not every time. However, he does provide for what he wants you to do. And with us, you know, I was big on wanting to homeschool. I was not homeschooled. My mom kind of homeschooled me for pre-K, right? It was super fun. I learned so much that I was ahead. I was like first grade level in kindergarten. But, you know, she would play school in the summer with me and all of that. But I, I went to school. I wanted to take it a step farther Shay was still like, and this is years and years ago, right? When we were still just dating. And uh, he was like, yeah, that sounds cool. You know, uh, how would work, you know, like still those thoughts that happen, like how would work happen, you know, and maybe by middle school or high school for socialization and, you know, extracurriculars, you know, because neither of us knew everything there was to know about homeschool and co-ops and all these things that they can do. And I just started praying because I felt on my heart, I I don't want to give them up at that time to whatever they're learning. Cause I also saw a degrading quality of education every year. Cause I used to employ college students and every year the pickings got slimmer and the skills, the coping skills, the critical thinking skills, they were plummeting. It was harder and harder to find quality student employees. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And so I just started praying to God. It seemed like, okay, I'm going to submit to the rule of my husband when that time comes. But Lord, if it's your will, if you really want this, if this is the way you want it, I trust you to shape his heart and to shape our circumstances. Fast forward, was it easy to give up all that extra income? Somewhat, but there was a loss. I felt the loss. Is it always easy to only do work when she's napping? Is it always easy to squeeze everything in? Do I always feel like I have it all together? Absolutely not. But has he provided a way? He has. Mm. And our story is different from others. But the common theme with God is he provides a way. And if we're not willing to sit there and say, I will not sacrifice my child, I will not make it harder on my child than I need to, then he will provide a way. What man wants to move into his mother-in-law's house six months into marriage? I'm just saying it. But but, but, But but, but the Holy Spirit said move. And so you know what I did? I moved. And six months into our marriage, we moved into Michelle's childhood home. So it's opened up so many things, you know, and we have a very similar story in that when I approached Peter about homeschooling, I knew from the time our oldest was three years old that I was supposed to homeschool, but I didn't see how we would do the math. Like the math was not going to add up. And when I I approached Peter about it, he was like, that's weird. That elementary school was good enough for me. It's good enough for my son. And and so I did what you did, Michelle, and I prayed and I waited Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to push the issue 
issue? Could I have pushed it and done it? Yes. And it would have been a disaster. Instead, I prayed, I waited. And after his first year of kindergarten, he said, hey, can we try this homeschooling thing? Because he saw all the things that you mentioned from the way other kids were, the the education, all of the things. And, and I think that that's so much better when we can submit Mm. to our husband and and wait on him. And then when I was ready to quit, when it got really hard in junior high and high school, he was my biggest advocate. And the one who said, you know, you can do this. We've got this. We can finish strong. And so, but I love that you brought that point up because sometimes we just have to pray and wait for us to be in agreement with our husband. And if we try to force it, it won't work. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, I did think it was weird, <laughs> but you're 100% right. Uh, it was just new. It was a new concept, right? But well, yeah, because that was you know 25 years ago. It's right. a whole it different popular. game. Yeah, it's a whole different right. game. It's a whole different game. Right and I would not change any of it. I love that we have the hearts of our children yeah. and, yes. and protected their innocence for a very long time. Yes, and it makes vacation really nice too because you can take off whenever you want. Right. So, you know. And call it a field trip. Oh, Oh, she did. We were going on vacation to a state, and she would make them uh, look up all the state birds and animals and and coloring book stuff and do the whole trip. Like it was, I mean, it became a really fun thing. Yeah. But I think the biggest for that out of just that schooling is was capturing our children's hearts and keeping it. And they identified with their family and their parents, not their peer group. And their, their peer group even though you know they had vast amounts of friends the homeschooling community was still huge then even as well but it was always ordered it went it was stayed in the right yeah. order right so yeah really that's good, good. That's huge. yeah yeah that's good i think the only thing i had was because i was military and we have eeo and we have equal opportunity we have all these things that really do pan it out and say you can be who you're going to be you got to respect the other people mm-hmm. so all the on post programs all these things back then i don't know how they are now but back then it was like okay yeah my kid could be in there my kid could do that because they're still going to come home to me and and they have their right to do what they're going to do and so that was a mind change for mm-hmm. me too but you know what i love it too i'm not i, I, I I'll work at McDonald's on a second shift. I'll do what I got to do to sacrifice to keep this family afloat if that's what it takes and still try to be present. <laughs> that's important. We'll too. have dinner at McDonald's. Yes, we'll have dinner at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, that's, that's good stuff, guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, we uh, have we I, have so enjoyed having this conversation yeah. with y'all. We could talk probably all night, but I think we touched on a lot of, of good points about raising our kids and being the ones that are pouring into them. And if you teach them in the way that they should go when they are young, when they are old, they will not depart because even the foolish, rebellious child will come back with enough prayer and our faith in God. And so that's what we just need to do is we need to pray for our kids. We need to pray for this nation and the wickedness that is coming against us. And so y'all, thank you so much for for joining us today. Y'all check out the Watson's podcast. It's the Pantry Podcast, and you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts on the Spark Network or on YouTube. You can hang out with them. So I just encourage y'all to do that. Thanks so much for joining us on the Spark Influence and the By His Grace podcast.